Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman on Tuesday, there's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes, high-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction open is right now. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS, when we walked out of our cars this morning in the parking lot, I said something to you. I think you had to pause. I'm like, actually, I can see you uh, across the parking lot. It's getting lighter. We are closer to March than we are New Year's. And this little stretch of like five days nice where, weather. We've had, where we've had really good weather. Yeah. I mean, buckle up. We'll get we'll get some more of the nasty stuff. But you're right. Just getting closer to March. Yeah. Um, When's Groundhog's encouraging. Day tomorrow? Groundhog's Day. I don't know. Is it? See the shadow or something like that? Puxatawney Phil? Tomorrow. Is, Is it, it tomorrow? tomorrow? Yep. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what FanDuel has the odds at. What are the stats on Puxatawney Phil? I don't know. I mean, really, at the end of the day, where's the accountability? Well, when you look at the measurables, fat and furry come to mind. Well, it works for a lot of us. Big teeth. Yeah. Well, and likes to hide underground. Hmm. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. No Nikola Jokic. Oklahoma City beats the Nuggets. And they win the season series three games to one. With that, uh, they will get the home court tie break in the playoffs if they wind up meeting. Um, how do you think the Nuggets played last night without Jokic? And what did they uh, what do they need to do better to win? Um well they need to shoot the ball. They didn't shoot the ball worth a damn. Last night, the irony is they shot the ball better from three-point range than they did from inside the arc, and uh, and their offense suffered. They didn't they didn't get to the to the rim, uh, didn't get to the line, and when they did get to the line, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Uh, you know, I mean, it was um, I, I don't want to say it was predictable because the Nuggets have played well um, in you know. Ch- and it wasn't a challenging situation. They just didn't have Jokic. So uh, you take an you take an awfully big round out of the chamber and lose by five. But that's not the takeaway for me, and I don't think it is for you either. The takeaway from, I think, for us is what kind of pieces do the Thunder have that you're going to have to deal with in the postseason? Okay, let me take a step back. My observations of the game, then no. let's move forward. Number one, you're not going to win a lot of games when Jamal Murray, your second-best scorer outside of Jokic, scores 16. Right. I don't understand how the guys on the court did not figure out that you need to screen for this guy, that he was getting doubled a lot. And for some reason, guys were not screening to get Jamal Murray open. When you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, there are two things that they don't do well. They give up a lot of threes, Mm -hmm. a lot of threes. Yeah, they don't defend the three-point line well. And it's hard to believe with Chet Holmgren, they're not a good rebounding team either. No. Not at all. No. Uh, With that, my issue with them was Murray, meaning not screening for him. Uh, You got to get him more than 14 shots in a game when Jokic isn't there. Well, you need to give – yeah, you – 
I suppose you could say you need to, you need to give more than fourteen shots. You have to give him better looks. Yes, you do. You have to work harder to get him better looks. And even when there were open looks, the guys weren't hitting him. Michael Porter Jr. Come on, dude. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know that when Jokic is not going to play, they're going to need you offensively. I understand what the line score says. Fifteen and eight. It did not look like a fifteen and eight night for me. I'm not trying to pile on Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon was a monster out there mm-hmm. trying to make up for what they didn't have in Jokic on the floor. With that moving forward, Chet Holmgren is a problem, and he is a big problem, literally and figuratively. And this is what impresses me about his game as much as anything else. Besides the fact that he's a big man with great offensive skills, this guy blocks a lot of shots and rarely fouls doing it. Yeah, he's a great rim protector. How many, how many fouls did he have yesterday? Uh. Two? Zero. Zero? In the previous yeah. game, how many fouls did he have? I don't know. Zero. So this guy is figuring out how to block shots at an early part of his career, and he's not fouling. Yeah, Bill and Russell he, used to do that. And he's only going to get better in doing it. One of the I'm not going to count the first time the Nuggets played Chet Holmgren. Yeah, because they did it in the first 10 days of the season. And he was so new because he didn't play all last year. Anybody remember after his first game against the Nuggets, eight blocked shots. Yeah. Eight. And guess how many fouls? Just three. Yeah. That's it. So this guy has found a way how to control his body. He's tall. He's lean. And he's sure as hell long. He's very long. With a, I mean, the funny thing is, when I look at Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid is tall, but he doesn't look necessarily long to me, like Chet Holmgren. They have the same wingspan. And Holmgren, when you look at him defensively against when, oh, my God. When I was watching Aaron Gordon try to drive on him and Aaron Gordon bullies people in the paint, he looked like a little high school kid out there <laughs> trying to go up against a big NBA player. And I'm not knocking Aaron Gordon. I'm just saying when he went to the hole and Holmgren was there, Holmgren was just constantly blocking, swatting, and taking shots and forcing Gordon to not shoot where he wanted to, but redirecting. Yes. <laughs> yes, no question about it. He is a young player with a uh, an experienced sensibility. He understands what he is on the floor for. He understands that he is their second option at best offensively. Uh, you've got Gilius Alexander, who is, he's a problem. He's a problem because he's a 6-6 scorer, athlete with range. He's a very difficult guard, and um, and he makes things difficult. But then you've got a Chet Holmgren, who's a young player playing in his first full season in the NBA, who very much seems to understand his role, and he embraces it. He's a defensive player. He is a shot blocker. He is a shot redirector. And that's the key, and that's redirecting. A, yeah, and that, ha- and that but is But he big. doesn't foul doing it. Right. He doesn't lean into the shot. He just stands there and puts his hand up. I'm not going to ever tell Michael Malone how to coach. You want to slow down Gilgis Alexander? Make him work defensively. 
He's not a good defensive player. He's got fast hands. He's great at stealing the ball, but he's not a great defensive player. Not his game. No. Make him work and tire him out on the defensive side of the court. And they didn't do a good enough job doing that either. Can you make the case? Yes, it was great that it was a close game. They had a nice lead early on. Then I think the Nuggets um, were trailing by one after the third quarter. They were in it, yeah. Oklahoma City goes on a run, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'll tell you who impressed me for the short amount of time that he played. Not to say that he hasn't impressed me already. Mm-hmm. Peyton Watson is growing and growing defensively. He's the best. It, it he, is, it, and, and you're yeah. seeing. You're not seeing baby steps. You're seeing like stair steps. Well, and you're seeing great trust. And and if you want to know the most important thing about those guys off the bench, it's the trust factor from a head coach. He started. Yeah, he put him in the lineup and started. And I played 21 minutes, but I like. And, and this falls into the category of Chet Holmgren. Peyton Watson isn't trying to be anything that he's not. Well, he shoots a little too much, or I should say he doesn't hit enough shots. He shot the ball more last night. His volume was probably higher than it should have been. Ten shots in 21 minutes. Probably don't want to go there. Think about this for a second. Just off the top of your head, because you and I both watched the game. Who was a better shooter last night, Michael Porter Jr. or Peyton Watson? Who is the better shooter? Just quick answer, just off the top of your head. Who is a better shooter? Mm, I don't know. I thought they were both kind of meh. Right. And Watson was 30% from the floor, and Michael Porter Jr. hit six of 17 shots. Yeah. To me, there was no difference. Michael Porter Jr. has got to up his he's got to up his scoring game. The guy's a scorer. No, he's a shooter. Okay. Big difference, and he's not a very well, good shooter. I don't shooter. know if it's a big difference. When I say he's not he, a very good, he he's not consistent. He's, he thinks he's a scorer, and that's probably more important. Well, he's wrong. Okay, well, that may very well you know, be. You know, you know how you know if you're a scorer? Get to the rim. Yeah. Stop hanging out and waiting for the ball to come to you. Stop playing AAU ball. He has done it better this year. He started to grow with that last year. That's why his rebounding total is is up because he's closer to the basket. Yeah, but we're losing shooting percentage from him. He needs to he needs to hit shots. And, right. and 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 in a game last night especially. How many open shots did he miss? Oh my god, he missed. I, I mean, it it felt like every time he had an open shot, he missed it. And right. And so when he's missing those shots, all I think to myself is the Nuggets paid him how much? Exactly. The Nuggets paid him how much? Mm-hmm. Because at this point in his career, he cannot be missing those shots. I'm not suggesting he needs to be shooting 60% from three-point no, range. No, but this is the NBA. you got to not open shots, yeah. uncontested shots right. in the NBA are gold. Right. you got to make shots. Having said all of this, no Nikola Jokic. They lose by five in a game that they were very competitive in, but a game that they only shot like, what, 38%, 39%. They shot the ball poorly all game long. Right. Not necessarily from three-point range, but inside the arc, they were absolutely awful. Well, they couldn't get inside because Chet was there. Right. Early on, they kept trying to go to the hole, and Chet was like, eh, nah. yeah, nope. no. And, and, and every time Murray went to the hole, there were three bodies waiting yeah. for him. And then if he kicked it out, guess who missed an outside shot? Right. Pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much everyone. And, yeah. and by the way, uh, I know I'm, I'm taking a hard right turn here. I don't know what was more puzzling to me last night. Watching Zeke Naji play in the fourth quarter 
are wondering why Zeke Naji got a new contract. Yeah. A wow. Th- a three-year deal. Oh, jeez. And, and for, for... For what? And for... Well, for guys who know and look and see a lot more basketball than I do, I, I defer to, but it's hard for me to see what they're thinking. Okay. I, I, di- I didn't get it when, that, when they announced it, and I sure as hell don't get it now. Okay. You might see more than me. That's fine. In practice. But I see the same stuff that you do mm-hmm. in the arena. And what I see in the arena is not impressive no. on a lot of different levels. Defensively, not overly impressive. Scoring, not overly impressive. Being aggressive, not overly impressive. What? Please tell me what I'm missing. Well, DeAndre Jordan is... How in the, the world did he not play last year? DeAndre Jordan is the preferred pick over Zeke Naji. Right. Well, not last not night. La- not, but normally, right. right? Yep. I mean, so... Yeah, I haven't seen what Calvin Booth and Michael Malone see in Zeke Naji. At the end of the day, Calvin Booth deserves all the benefit of the doubt. Look at the team that he built. You get that benefit of the doubt when you have a ring on your finger. Coming up after the break, I think both of us can agree Broncos will not be trading up in the draft. The question is, will they be staying at 12? Will they trade back? And if they truly want Bo Nix, who, by the way, has not been overly impressive. No, he wasn't good yesterday. Nope. He's not been overly impressive. I have a feeling he is going to be there at 12, and the Broncos don't have to move at all. The question is. there at 20 or 19 or, you know. Right. You got some options, I think. I hope, right? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tuesday auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables. By the way, I was talking to... Uh, Brian at Roller Auctions. We were talking about downdraft tables, and you were way off on what it is. <laughs> okay, well, this, see? This is how you might like to know. Well, what is it? I, I forgot. It was It's way above my pay grade, but I know it isn't what you said. Okay. By the way, they have tools, toolboxes, uh, high-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions. They have a lot of different ones at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I uh, highly recommend, if you haven't taken care of this already, whether you are married or not, to talk to Dan McKenzie, the McKenzie Law Firm, about doing a living will, a will, uh, a trust, something like that to protect your family. We spend so much time protecting our family when we're here. God forbid something happens tomorrow. You are putting your family in a hot mess of problems if you don't organize things while you are here. Um, I, I just can't stress that enough. And I think that, Bruce, you would agree. Yeah. Uh, you and I are at the age where we've had loved ones pass away and we see the mess 
Not that they intentionally left behind, but there is a mess because they probably didn't know that there was going to be a mess left behind. Talk to Dan McKenzie today, 833-CO-PLANS, 833-CO-PLANS, or go to coplans.co. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health in Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. All right, so uh, a lot of people around uh, Broncos country have their eyes focused on Bo Nix. And apparently he wasn't very good yesterday. None of them were very good yesterday, actually. How much slack do you cut these quarterbacks at the senior bowl knowing they're learning a brand new system, new coaches, new wide receivers, new everything, and we expect them to digest this very, very fast and look really, really sharp. I kind of like the fact that we expect them to do it because what do we talk about all the time? We talk about processor. How quickly do you process? Well, this is a different kind of processing, but it's learning and applying very quickly. Now, that doesn't always mean what do you see at the line of scrimmage pre and post snap, but it is a form of processing in and of itself. How quickly do you understand concepts? How quickly uh, and effectively are you able to apply them? So I think that you can get some insight. Now, you don't get everything that you need to know until OTAs or mini camps, and you can start, you know, seeing what these guys look like under real duress. But no, Nick's, uh, Penix, Hartman, those guys yesterday were very pedestrian uh, in team and individual drills, from my understanding. Well, let's put something into perspective, and I'm sure that if we dig a little bit deeper for those that have been at the Senior Bowl for many, many years, I'll give you a guy who looked terrible at the Senior Bowl. Just awful. And everybody looked at this guy and said, this guy has a high bust quotient. All right. Josh Allen. That guy couldn't find anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was a very low percentage passer coming out of Wyoming. Right. And so that would make some sense to me. This isn't the all to end all. I think you and I both espouse that. Yeah. This is a tool. This is a tool. And and, and you get pro days. Hopefully you've done some scouting and you've identified guys and you've had scouts with eyes on guys. This isn't the first time they're looking at guys like Michael Penix Jr. or Bo Nix. This is a, a continuation and a, of gathering of information and impressions of a guy uh, that will be part of the whole when they get to the point of making decisions. I think it's very clear to me at this at, at this juncture anyway that, and I think we've been espousing this from the jump. I think the Broncos are going to move back. I think they're going to move back in the first round. I think they're going to try to add a pick in the second round. And I would not be surprised to see them, if they've got an itch that they need to scratch, um, that they'll go for a quarterback somewhere in the, what, 20s maybe? I, I think that there will be a couple of guys that are available. That kid from Tulane is getting a lot of run. Yeah. I talked to somebody who certainly knows far more about this than I do, mm-hmm. and he brought up that kid from Tulane to yep. me well over a month ago. 
And he's like, this is a Sean Payton type of guy. But then again, you can make the case that when you read the scouting report, that Bo Nix is exactly a Sean Payton type of guy. Daniel Jeremiah, who is a analyst for NFL Network. I was there. Well, I respect his opinion because he used to be a scout. Yes. Okay. Uh, You know, you have a lot of guys who never played the game who are suddenly draft experts and uh, talent evaluators because they believe that when they watch on the couch um, and they see, you know, a couple of videos on social media, they know what the hell they're talking about. And I got news for you. You don't. This is what Daniel Jeremiah said about Bo Nix, what he likes about him. Okay. High intelligence checks the box because I believe that Sean Payton looks at Russell Wilson as a guy who does not have a high intelligent football IQ, Mm -hmm. not as a person, quick processor, high intelligence. Okay. Great leadership, great toughness. Every, every single head coach would like that in a quarterback. But this is where he really checks the box for Sean Payton. He's a quick rhythm passing guy. Yep. That's what I think would get Sean Payton excited. And I won't dis I don't think they're trading up. No. First of all, Bo Nix isn't worth trading up for. No. Okay. Jeremiah has Nix rated 23rd on his board. And we see all the time guys shoot up the draft board mm-hmm. because it's such a position of need. Right. And then you think, man, who am I missing out on that could really make an impact, even though I know I desperately need a quarterback? Yeah. Michael Penix? Yeah. He's got big hands. You know, he's no Kenny Pickett. Pickett, small hands. No, Penix, and, he, and, he's, big and, hands. and he's got great downfield accuracy. And he, he has up. great confidence with, with the downfield pass. He stretches the field. There's a lot to like about you can pick and choose and and find a lot to like about these guys. The difference in the there are many differences in the college and the pro game and maybe the biggest difference is the sophistication of the offenses. What quarterbacks are asked to do and to perform that frankly they've never been asked to do before because it's a totally different look. It's a different look pre-snap, it's a different look post snap than they've seen college defenders passing games in the college are not predicated on pinpoint accuracy as much as it is receivers finding open space and defenders not being able to stay with them that doesn't happen in the nfl guys are being covered okay here here's to me the biggest difference between the college game and the pro game and I know I'm going really deep here, hash marks are everything in the difference between the pro game and the college game. The best quarterbacks throw between the hash marks. Right. Right down the middle. Because the field is cut evenly. In college football, it is not cut evenly. So if you can get a wide receiver into space because you have one side of the field Mm -hmm. that is wide open and you got a wide receiver who's got any type of skill, that guy's going to make a play for you on a swing pass and suddenly it's 40 yards. And And that's why when you look at quarterbacks who have big numbers, they just happen to have some skill guys who are much better than the cornerbacks they're facing from, I don't know, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, there's a huge difference in 
in throwing to guy. The college game has been criticized at the professional level, and it's no fault of the college game because it's the talent that they play with, and it's very high-level talent generally. But you're basically throwing to open guys. Right. And in the NFL, and, and, you're throwing to spots. We're throwing to spots. And you got to be confident, not right. only throwing to that spot, but you have to be confident that your wide receiver is going to hit that spot. Right. And you got to put a ball where only your guy can get it. Right. And that's a hard thing to do. Right. That's a hard skill set to gain. And nobody does it by flipping the switch. It's a learned thing. Now, C.J. Stroud was fantastic this year. Mm -hmm. Did an unbelievable job. And he elevated that receiving core, right? But that doesn't happen more times than not. There's a learning curve, and especially in an offense that Sean Payton likes to run. I'll tell you what I find to be somewhat ironic is that two guys who are heavily linked to the Broncos could really determine if they get Bo Nix and that is Russell Wilson and Justin Fields. Mm. Because to me, Justin Fields will always be linked with George Payton and the Broncos because George said, I'd rather have Pat Sertan over Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to be traded. The top three teams are not trading out of their picks. They're just not. They all desperately they need, all need quarterbacks. They all desperately need quarterbacks. So let's start at number four, and we'll build up to 12. The Cardinals picking at number four. They don't need a quarterback. Chargers at five, don't need a quarterback. Giants at six, you can make the case they need a quarterback, but their dead cap hit on Daniel Jones is, yeah. close, is close to 70 million. Probably not a candidate. The Titans, they're not looking for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. The Falcons are, so that's one team. Yep. The Bears with the next pick, they've already had they already have their quarterback. Right. The Jets are not going to take Bo Nix. They're they're gonna no. ride, they're gonna ride it out with Aaron Rodgers. Mm. The Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins is going to is going to wind up going. Back I do, I couldn't agree. More. I don't think they're going to be looking for a quarterback. And then bang, you got the Broncos. Yeah, who are sitting at twelve. After them, you have the Raiders. The Raiders are going to be looking for a quarterback, but not necessarily in the draft. I think they will either look at Russell Wilson, the Raiders will, yeah, or they will look to trade for Justin Fields. Atlanta will look to trade for Justin Fields or give a hard look at Russell Wilson. I, I would say you're on target. So if you truly want, if the Broncos truly want Bo Nix, they don't have to move. No. No one's going to be trading up to get Bo Nix. Right. I believe he will fall into the Broncos' lap at 12 if they want him. Right. But I'll be honest with you. Again, I'm not a talent evaluator. Who's better, this kid from Tulane or Bo Nix? I don't know. I'm guessing Bo Nix is because he played major college football and he's got huge numbers, so on and so forth. But do you really want to roll the dice on a guy who's going to probably be a third or a fourth round pick yeah. and say he's our quarterback of the future? Michael Pratt. Yeah. And, and and he's got a lot of eyes on him, and he arguably, well, he certainly hasn't been. By the way, I forgot the Steelers as well. The Steelers are later in the draft, and I think they could very much be in the running for Russell Wilson as well. Yeah. But the Steelers are not going to draft a quarterback either, or at least, Listen, if Knicks falls to them, mm -hmm. they might. Yeah, you never know, right? I mean, it's intriguing because so they're, they're not trading up to get them. That, that, I don't think they're doing But that. it's intriguing because there are five guys in this draft. Three of them, obviously, are going to be 
taken one, two, three. Yeah. But then you've got two other guys that are kind of late first round guys, right. which creates some real interest in the middle or the last part of the first round. Right. No question about it. This is where it's funny. So you see everybody with their mock drafts. The teams themselves, and I've covered four NFL teams, mm-hmm. they all do their own mock drafts. Oh, yeah. And they do multiple, multiple mock drafts. And they talk to a lot of people. So when they trade back, they rely on their mock drafts on who everyone else is taking around right. them. Thinking, so if you're the Broncos, you're sitting at 12. Let's say you you think you can get Bo Nix at 21. You target the team at 21 but you better be right, and they do a lot of mock drafts, that the teams at 20, 19, 18, 17, 16 are not going to take Bo Nix. The, the, the key... If that's your goal. The key component here is the conviction of Sean Payton, especially at the quarterback position. At other positions, they'll figure that out. But at the quarterback position, there's got to be conviction from Sean Payton. I don't think you can have conviction, honestly. It's hard. That it, about, It's really hard I, to do. I don't really think you can honestly, I don't know if you can have conviction about Caleb Williams. I think he has some conviction about Caleb Williams well, based no, on, on, on previous remarks. That, and that's what I'm referring to him as a person. Yeah. He seems a little bit like an unmade bed. It doesn't necessarily mean he can't play quarterback because he certainly has all the tools. Mm-hmm. But a great quarterback is great from the neck up. And I'm not so sure about Caleb Williams. I don't know. I'm familiar, Some of the things yeah. that he has said has right. been head-scratching to me. He was about as solid a citizen at Oklahoma as you can imagine. Now, he's had a he's had a few a couple of years now in the L.A. culture, and things change. Um, right. The n- level of attention that he has received changes. He has been at the top of the board for essentially two years now in the draft. Um Obviously, he wasn't in it last year, but he's in it now, and he's going to be the first player taken. Right. But I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I, I think I think Sean Payton would love to have him, but who the hell wouldn't? Coming up after the break, the Athletics' Diana Rossini wrote an in-depth article mm. on the Jets. Mm. One coach on the Jets coaching staff called it an effing mess. <laughs> and one of the biggest reasons why he called it an effing mess is because of Nathaniel Hackett. That's next. Is my story ever true? It's about a girl that I once knew. She took my love, then ran around. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, toolboxes, High-reach equipment, storage containers, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. 
What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. The Athletics' Diana Rossini wrote a scathing, in-depth article quoting 30 sources chronicling the Jets this season. One coach on the team, anonymously, obviously, called it an effing mess. A good portion was about Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, who was called an ill-equipped offensive coordinator who failed to adjust after losing Aaron Rodgers. Here's one of the quotes from the article. Multiple coaches and players described Hackett as lacking in attention to detail, and Hackett waited until the very end of each week to meet with the Jets' full offensive staff. Hackett is described as having resisted in-game adjustments, including a refusal to change the team's blocking approach when Micah Parsons dominated the Jets' offensive line in Week 2. Based on our experience with Hackett, does any of this really surprise you? No, sadly. I mean, I I, I think that we're <clears throat> very much on the record about Nathaniel Hackett, very likable guy. I mean, the kind of guy you'd love to have as a frat brother, yep. you know, but but probably not a guy that you want running your offense. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this isn't surprising. In fact, if I had to call my shot, I would say this is probably where I would have seen it go, especially after Aaron Rodgers was lost to the team. Looking at Hackett's success as a head coach and an offensive coordinator, let's face it, the Jets' offense, they really didn't have many good choices at quarterback, and I get it. Yeah, they were good enough to beat the Broncos, though, weren't they? Yes, well, they rallied around Hackett. Yeah, right. they did. You could look at Kyle Shanahan. You could look at a lot of guys around the league whose father's coached, and you can call it nepotism. And quite frankly, that's not an unfair assessment. Guys got into the league because of their dads. Sure. But Kyle Shanahan has proved that while he got in the league because of nepotism, not only does he belong, but he's one of the best coaches in the league. And there are lots of examples of that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, with Nathaniel Hackett, the conversation begins and ends with his dad, Paul, was a coach. That's how he got into the league. That's how he's keeping a job. He has a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and he's just not very good. And how untenable is it now for him to return because his boy's coming back? I, the, the Jets are just a mess upon mess. And Salah seems to be completely out of sorts. Was, I, was described as paranoid right. in this article, which, by the way, was extremely well sourced yeah 30 of them extremely well sourced and 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 very good read i i I highly recommend it as i generally do most things from the athletic yeah um but um but yeah i don't uh i mean how do you how do you reload with nathaniel hackett and aaron Rodgers now and I, i mean i don't know how you move forward this is this is such a a blank show uh, for the uh, for the Jets. How do you make it right? This is what should really concern the Jets, and this is what should really concern any team that would consider hiring Hackett. Hackett made a lot of mistakes as the head coach, and you would think that he would learn from those mistakes. From what I read in this report. Not only did he not learn from his mistakes, he regressed from yeah. it. Yeah. 
and and that's the most troubling thing. It's like, okay, you got your butt kicked and you lasted 15 games. What did you what do you take away from it? What do you learn from it? I mean, when How you, do you change that which you go about I I don't get it. I mean, when when multiple coaches and players describe Hackett as lacking in attention to detail, mm. I'm thinking, A, he clearly didn't learn anything from his time with the Broncos. And if he has a lack of attention with the Jets, what the hell kind of lack of attention did he have with the Broncos as the head coach? Yeah, well, it's a great question. Um, you hate seeing yourself referred to by your own guys as an ill-equipped offensive coordinator, amongst other things. Lacking attention to detail right. in a lot of ways is code for you don't work very hard. That's, that's what it's code for. Yeah. Now, maybe you don't have the acumen to be able to have that attention mm-hmm. detail. That's fair. Okay? And that's not his fault. It's like a quarterback who doesn't have a fast processor. But if it's based on work ethic, that's on him. If it's based on acumen, it's based on nepotism that he only got a job yeah. because dad was a terrific offensive coordinator, a guy you and I covered, Paul Hackett yeah. with the Chiefs. Yeah, he and was obviously great. he was terrific with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, big time guy, big time coach, and coached in big time places. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Even with Aaron, I think Aaron Rodgers coming back on one hand creates less of an issue because just his presence alone should settle the offensive room. But (laughs) when, when Sean Payton was likely made aware of this article, do you think he walked into his office, lit a bunch of candles, had a latte, kicked his feet up on the coffee table and read that? with great enthusiasm? Well, I don't know about that, but I'm sure that there is a certain portion of... And I don't know if he smoked cigars, but I'm guessing he lit up a cigar too. Yeah. Well, I don't, like I said, I, I'm sure that this is just a confirmation of what he thought and what he alliterated last summer. I mean, it, it's too bad that it came out the way that it did. He apologized for that. No, I, he didn't. Okay, he acknowledged it and acknowledged that he, quote, stepped in it. So I wish that had been handled better. Right. right. And and maybe he hopes that it was handled better. I don't know. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? The Seahawks have found their next head coach, and the rosters for the NBA Rising Stars game are out. Did Peyton Watson make the team? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mileisports.com. You can reach us. 
on the uh, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. On Tuesday, there's an auction for laser cutter machines, downdraft tables, tools, toolboxes, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com. Backslash MHS. Every time I hear that song that you played bumping in, I feel like um, going to a movie theater and uh, pleasuring myself. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. I'm a child. What can I tell you? You're counting on a lot of people to get that illusion. Well, listen. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. I am the furthest thing from a comedian. I don't claim to have a great sense of humor. I am overly sarcastic, but I will quote Dennis Miller, which he used to say all the time, and and I'm going to be a little off on the percentage here. 60% 60% of the jokes are for me and 40% are for my audience. That's how I view the things that I say on the air. If you get it, great. If you don't, that's cool. I'm just here amusing myself. Yes. <laughs> All right. On that note, just in case you Thank missed you. it, <laughs> uh, the rosters were released for the NBA Rising Stars game, and Peyton Watson did not make the NBA sophomores team uh, for second-year players. You can make a good argument that he should have made it over Dyson Daniels of the Pelicans. Uh, Julian Strother tweeted, No Peyton Watson in the Rising Stars game is crazy. Uh, is it crazy that Watson was left off the roster? I don't know how important that is, it is. to people. I mean, I guess it's I, a notch in the belt. So I, I think for those guys it's important yeah. because they are there on a weekend when all of the All-Stars are there. Yeah. And it's an I can experience. see that, right. However... What held Peyton Watson back was the fact that he's averaging only 18 minutes a game. He is not heavily relied on. No. He's not going to be featured for a team that just won a championship. Actually, I looked this up. I think there were 10 or 12 guys who made the sophomore team, and at least 70% of them are currently playing for teams that are the sixth seed or worse. Those guys are getting more playing yeah, time. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Peyton Watson is not going to get more right. playing. It's understandable why he didn't make it, but is he one of the top 10 sophomores in the league, at least in terms of trajectory going up? Absolutely. But when you play 17, 18 minutes a game, as opposed to a team that is struggling to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. those type of guys are going to get more minutes because those teams want to see what they have in the young guys. And those guys are going to get more scoring, too. No question. And Peyton Watson's not. All right, just in case you missed it, the Seahawks have hired Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their next head coach. McDonald is receiving a six-year contract, and at 36, he becomes NFL's youngest head coach. He brings to Seattle a reputation as one of the league's brightest defensive minds, uh, having led the Ravens to number one in points allowed, sacks, and takeaways this season. Are you a fan of this hire for the Seahawks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I all I know about the Ravens' defense is what I know from the outside looking in. Um, I do find it interesting that the two youngest coaches in the NFL have replaced the two oldest coaches in the NFL. McDonald and Mayo are the two youngest now in Seattle and New England. 
And, of course, Carol and Belichick were the two oldest that they replaced. That's interesting to me. According to reports, Dan Quinn will be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. According to reports, if that's true, all the jobs are filled. Yep. For those who are on social media, here's a very popular phrase. That tweet didn't age well, did it? Right? That tweet didn't age well. I'll give you a narrative that didn't age well. Teams are going to be lining up to hire Mike Rabel. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently he's, not. He's a guy I'd hire. Well, I mean, I, I go mean, buy a team. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll come to you for that first loan. Think about this for a second. Yes, I can understand why owners want to go younger. Mm-hmm. No Vrabel in the league. No Belichick in the league. Yeah. No Carroll in the league. Nope. I'm not suggesting age discrimination. Certainly with Vrabel, I understand why you want to go younger with fresher ideas. Mm-hmm. That does make sense to me. But I guess nobody was lining up to hire Mike Vrabel. Nope. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. If you're looking to redesign your kitchen, and let's face it, that's the most popular room in the house, specifically when it comes to a party. You want to show off your kitchen. They can help you do that. You walk into a big box store. Uh, you want to buy a, a, a refrigerator? I got a, a refrigerator? A fridge. Want yeah. to get a fridge? Yeah, I can help you with that. <laughs> Here's a Samsung fridge with a dual ice maker. You walk into Mountain Eye Appliance, they have the best stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And they can help you put it all together. They're yeah. the best. Mountain Eye Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, no Jokic, Nuggets lose. Were you encouraged by the way that they played them? Mm. And what kind of things concern you about the way they played? And what concerns you about an Oklahoma City team that has won three or four games against the Nuggets? even when Jokic did play. Mm -hmm. That's next. 